Good evening, Patriots. And it's April 26th on the West Coast, April 27th on the East Coast in the year 2022. We have got crazier things happening each day. There's a lot of things flowing out in terms of truth. We'll have to see how that all pans out. At a certain point, this is all unavoidable for those that want to bury their head in the sand. And the continued flood of information is going to make it a very interesting world to be in as people start to have to confront some of their decisions and be and be held accountable for them. And in a world where the accountability isn't really available or isn't part of our norm, you're going to see some crazy stuff happen. Make sure in the midst of all this that you're keeping your immune system very strong. It's critical and it needs to keep it boosted. We are surrounded by the stresses and the environmental issues that are challenging our immune systems. And keeping our immune systems strong is essential to maintaining a strong position in this fight. Expedition Coffee was designed specifically to not only give you that energy boost you need that will sustain you across the entire day while boosting your immune system and help maintain a mental focus throughout the day. You can find Expedition Coffee, X-P-E-D, Expedition Coffee at ExpeditionCoffee.com. And there you'll also find a full range of products that are designed to work as a full health ecosystem, all designed to reclaim your personal health sovereignty. Those products include the Gut Health Triad, which helps heal and seal your gut. Leaky gut is one of the critical causes of sickness in our nation. You also have Immune XP, which is an immune booster based on pine cone extract with high levels of vitamin C. Earth, which is a nutrient powder, giving your body a full complement of nutrients you need. Just mix it with water, drink it like a shake. Do that once a day. And Pure 47, one of the most refined silver extracts on the market that can isolate most of the pathogens that you'll encounter. The products on ExpeditionCoffee.com are all designed to give you back the strength in your immune system to not only endure the challenges to the immune system, but to dominate and to rise above to reclaim your true health sovereignty. So check out Expedition, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com. 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. We need to keep our focus on repenting for this nation. There's many, many things going on that take us down a very dark path by intention. These people are truly sick that are running this world. Let me read something to you here. This is the pedophile agenda. Tell me if this doesn't sound familiar now that we have it all in the open. Stock libraries with pedophile grooming books aimed at kids. Promote drag queen story time in libraries. Promote gender fluidity to children. Introduce porn literacy into schools. Queer the curriculum by exposing children to adult LGBTQ ideology. Introduce irreversible sex change operations for children. Promote mixed bathrooms in schools. Introduce self or introduce soft sentences for pedophiles. Push to lower the age of consent. Dismiss and demonize concerned parents who dare to speak out. Had I read this even six months ago, there still would be skeptics out there. 
I would say even in Bards Nation, there would be some people who would see it but wouldn't necessarily fully buy into it. I would say today in six months that the rate of flow of information is such that everything I've read there, someone can point to a specific example that has happened in the last six months to show that that's absolutely true. And when I say those things, it's not, it's, I'm, I'm not pointing my finger at anybody and saying like, oh, you didn't know or you wouldn't have believed. My point is that the entire information flow has been so extreme that it has shaken the very perspective. We didn't even want to mention pedophiles before. Now it becomes like common knowledge, which is not a good thing, by the way. And, and yet it is because it means that they've been exposed to light. And once they're exposed to light, they can no longer hide. I want you to hear this 46-second clip from Megan Fox about her new husband, something machine gun crazy dude. I don't know what he is. He's a, he's a lunatic. He wears fingernails that are fake. He looks like he's a definite soy boy, and he's got fingernails that are like six inches long. Listen to this. If you're a fan of Megan Fox, I'm going to shatter your world. I guess to drink each other's blood might mislead people or like people are imagining us with like goblets and we're like game of thrones drinking each other's blood it's just a few drops but yes we do consume each other's blood on occasion for ritual purposes only <laughs> it is used for a reason and it is controlled where it's like let's shed a few drops of blood and each drink it he's much more haphazard and hectic and chaotic where he's willing to just like cut his chest open with broken glass and be like take my soul let me bleed on you. <laughs> it doesn't not happen, let me tell you. Maybe not exactly like that, but it a version of that has happened many times. Oh, yeah, that's always normal in a relationship that we always prick each other's finger and drink each other's blood. These people, they're, they're beyond sick. I mean, we're, we're seeing how deep this cult is, and it's a cult that's obsessed with pain, with self-mutilation, with blood ritual and what's in the blood what's in the blood is life so it should become as no surprise that when we hear things analysis like what dr artis has put forward and the idea that they're trying to put snake venom in everything and clot the blood they're trying to destroy one of the most precious things in us the blood is is sacred to them they take the blood of humans because they want to, to for many reasons in their ritual stuff. And I would, my, my first thought when I hear Megan open her mouth, it's like, that's a witch back in Salem days. We just dunk her underwater and see if she managed to not drown after 10 minutes being held underwater. Boy, that'd be too bad if we did that today, wouldn't it? Uh, mm, that'd suck. Not, but this is the whole thing of where we are right now. We are in a place these people are so confident with who they are and so confident with the power that they think they have. This is mocking God in his face. There's one way ticket for these folks. This is the lake of fire in the end. Let me read this post here. This is just kind of put some things in perspective. And I actually have, I like this. This is from follow the white rabbit on Twitter. I like when I read this stuff because it's there is a greater awakening happening here, and it goes like this. They are slaughtering chickens based on a bogus bird flu to deprive us of chicken and eggs. They are inhibiting rail shipments of grains so that 
the cattle and livestock will have no food in order to deprive us of other meat. While fertilizer is already in short supply and skyrocketing in price, they are not satisfied with that. They are actually stopping much of the rail shipments of fertilizer for the spring planting season. There is no way all of these threats, including war to the food supply, are just coincidence. This is an engineered, deliberate, and very dangerous crisis they are creating. Absolutely. We've been talking about this the whole time, Operation Sowing Seeds. You need to be sowing physical seeds and spiritual seeds. And it's very important that that is done. No wasting time on this. Because we are, we are truly in a place right now where the food supply is being stressed massively. And they're not playing around. They're not playing games with this idea. To what degree that will impact each one of us is going to depend completely on the ability for us as people to prepare for what's coming. USDA planting report showing in the U.S. how acreage is being reduced on corn. And we're seeing this around the world where acres are coming out of production or less fertilizers being used, which means less foods being made. So everything that we predicted, I mean, this is a slow train, a Titanic into the iceberg that we're watching right now. And it's going to continue for nine to 18 months. Nine to 18 months, this train is going to continue on diminishing food supplies. Do the math. That's a year and a half, right? And that's going to take it through 2022. Everybody's been giving a warning right now, and God is really doing this. If you're paying attention, and I keep saying this, that to me, and I'm going to tell you my interpretation of this, God is showing everybody what's coming and giving enough of these warning signs that if people decide that they don't want to listen, I, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, but you're going to pay a price. So it's really important that we ourselves within Bard's Nation make sure that we are absolutely preparing. And on the other hand, we are spreading the word for that to let other people know that this is going to be a really bad crisis. Every person that you can influence, every person that you can influence to grow food is one person less that's going to be in a crisis and one person more in your tribe. And that is super critical right now. And why I'm thinking about it, Thursday and Friday, I have the resistance chicks on. We had just a great conversation today about farming and life and God about two hours, it's a little less than two hours, but we're going to be, it'll be like two 45-minute shows Thursday and Friday, nice shows, and we're going to talk about pigs and slaughtering animals and raising bees and all sorts of other good stuff. So make sure you tune in. You'll, you'll like it. We're also going to be starting, I think it's going to be next week finally. I think we finally got it all set up. We're going to start running weekly shows on Clout Hub live with different guests to be able to come over and you can interact there a bit and we can ask questions and we're going to talk about gardening and we're going to talk about home churches and we're just going to do a lot of good things like that that will boost us up and really keep the people focused on what this real war is about because this is a true fight. We've got to keep God absolutely at the center of everything right now and truly listening to what God has for us to do. I mean, I truly do not want to end up 
like this. This this piece, I just, it's just worth playing. Just <laughs> I'm already laughing. Wait a minute. Wait till you hear this. One time I was at a restaurant in Portland, Oregon, and they the menu had grass-fed salmon. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. That's awesome. I'm telling you, grass-fed salmon. I'm gonna. That's fantastic. These people are so lunatic, Looney Tunes. I'm telling you, and you know, someone's like it's some probably some groomer dude that did it, skinny jeans, and the whole bit. It's like we saving the world with grass-fed salmon. I'll tell you. But it's important. We, we have to keep this moving. I want to play a piece for you here that I think sums up the world in 56 seconds. Just listen to this. Listen carefully, too. The Mental Health Hotline. If you are obsessive-compulsive, press 1 repeatedly. If you are codependent, ask someone to press 2 for you. If you have multiple personalities, press 3, 4, 5, 6. If you are paranoid, we know what you are and what you want. Stay on the line and we'll trace your call. If you're delusional, press 7 and your call will be transferred to the mothership. If you are schizophrenic, listen carefully and a small voice will tell you which number to press. If you are depressive, it doesn't matter which number you press, no one will answer you. If you are dyslexic, press 69696969. If you have a nervous disorder, please fidget with the hash key until the beep. After the beep, please wait for the beep. If you have a short-term memory loss, please try your call again later. And if you have low self-esteem, hang up. All our operators are too busy to talk to you. Yeah, that's about it right there. That pretty much sums it up. The whole lunacy of what's left. This is such an interesting time. If we really are honest with ourselves and we look at this world of bifurcation that's happening, I just, we're watching people now that are truly trying to defend a collapsing matrix. So I just watched a short clip a minute ago, and it was a guy, an older guy, and I, and I kind of feel sorry for him because I think truly, and I do mean this, I think the whole stress of this experience has destroyed him. But he's an older gentleman, and I'm going to say he's probably in his late 60s, early 70s, could be in mid-70s. And an employee of Costco comes up to him. It's in Costco. It's being filmed in Costco. And an employee comes up to him. It goes to pass him, and the guy pulls out a pepper spray. Because the employee's not wearing a mask, because Costco's not mandating masks, and this dude's wearing a mask, and he's like, stay away. Stay away. And he's literally going to try to spray him. We This war has created massive casualty. And it's something that we're going to have to really be attentive to as the remnant of sorts because we can't just dismiss these people. We're going to have to do a lot of praying for them. We're going to have to be there to console. It's And on one hand, when you see this stuff, you're rolling your eyes going, oh, man. But on the other hand, this war was designed to do just that, to destroy people. This war is the, I've said this for a long time, and if you've followed me, you've heard me say it from the beginning. Uh, people that knew me when I worked in Department of Defense would hear the same thing. There is no war that's more insidious and more destruction destructive than an information war. And that is not understood well when people have fought like kinetic wars and they don't understand it. But 
they themselves get wrapped up in this disaster because they'll start to get influenced by sides. Like a lot of the, there's a number of people I know, good people that have been so wrapped around the axle on this Ukraine thing, they've lost complete perspective on what's going on. Or a lot of good people I know that just got into the vax and didn't want to hear anything. And these are soldiers, special operators, things like this. So we are in a war that was intentionally designed to destroy people's cognitive capacities. And even worse is this injection has the capacity, depending on what version people got. Some versions have things that are, there, there have actually been placebos given, but there's also been many versions of different strengths of whatever's in this thing, whether it's the venom-based spike protein or it's the, they increase the nanotech in it or they add more graphene oxide or whatever they're doing. As we played the piece last night, as Mike Adams showed that there's a, or Mike Adams has been revealing some other things coming out, which has to do with the pathogens that are embedded in cells that can be activated by a 5G wave. There are many people out here right now that are walking time bombs. And I don't mean that lightly either. Emotionally and with what they've been primed with this vax. So there's a couple of parts to that. We have the responsibility in our homes to make sure our homes are as strong as they can be. If you're one that just says, well, I'm going to pray on it and God will protect me, good luck on that. Because biblically that doesn't line up. There is a due diligence that we each have in this world. And in my way of my way of looking at scripture, my way of reading scripture, there is a martial component that every single person has a duty to, and that's a duty to God, because we've been put here and we are literally right now behind enemy lines, and I have no intention of giving up any space to these creeps that are sucking the blood out of their loved ones and torturing kids to get their magnificent manifestation of their dark, evil Lord. There's no way I'm giving into that. So that means a a forward-leaning and very warrior posture, which I think everybody should have anyway. And warrior postures in scriptural means can take on different forms for different people. You always need people that can pray and heal. We always need watchers on the wall. It's lined out in scripture. It's not a mystery. But it's up to us to take that responsibility. And every single person needs to have the responsibility of making your home as self-reliant as possible. That's part of what we're being shown right now. We're being shown how evil these people are. And if we're going to go through this and go, well, it doesn't really matter. All right. Well, okay. Good luck with that. That's all I'm going to say. Because God's showing it. And God, if God's showing it, then we have an accountability to it. And this is one of the biggest problems I find in across ministry as a whole, but more than ministry. And, I, and the reason I hit hard on ministry is because that's really the engine of change, should be anyway. 
It shouldn't be a Trump rally, though it is an engine of change. But my point of this is it shouldn't be a Trump rally. Long before the Trump rallies, it should have been the pulpit leading people to the fight, saying this is enough. We're not going to let this happen. We're going to take action. But instead, it ends up being a, a sermon about the evils of the world, but then we're going to pray about it, and then, okay, I'll see you next Sunday. There are some pastors doing some really good work, and I always bring this up, and I happen to know as I keep track of a few, there's one in my town, small church, really forward-leaning pastor, does some great work, has been doing a lot of outreach in the community, completely behind the ideas of setting up PMAs, getting sovereign land, fantastic pastor. I'm going to get him on the show coming up. Butch Paw, West Virginia, another good pastor, doesn't run a 501c3 church at all. Another big tip of the hat to him, right? And there are others. I mentioned Tony Benziger down in, not Tony, I'm sorry, Tony Wood. John Benziger is another one. John Benziger and Tony Wood, two different pastors, two different states, Arizona, California. They're doing really good outreach work. But it's going to take more than just the church coming together with more people in the pews. I, I, that, just, that stuff makes no sense to me when we're running numbers like that. What makes a difference is what's actually happening on the ground in the community with metrics you can, you can track. So that means like you, there needs to be an effort, which, I mean, just to give you a little peek under the, under the hood, I mean, this is what Brad Cummings and I are starting to organize along with other people, including other farms around the country, and we're hoping to launch this by next spring, is the development of a ministry that's going to be truly trained on the things like gardening and blacksmith and, and running a small farm, firearms training, hunting, skinning animals, all of these things. You've got to be an asset in the community for food. I mean, if we don't have food and we don't understand food maintenance and food survival, you're just a, you're just a leech on society or you're, just a, you're being submissive to the system of convenience. And so it's essential that people understand that we have an accountability and a responsibility in this world for us to find our way through this and get back to the principles of raising our own food. It is a process. You're not going to do it overnight. And you can't be in a place where it's like, well, I can only do a little bit, so I won't do anything. You have to do something. You control the food, you control the population. They know that rule. Everyone else should understand it. When I say they, I'm talking about the elite. They totally understand that if they can control the food, they will control the population. Churches need garden training outreach is what churches need. This idea, like the churches do a lot of, there are churches that do some very good outreach with food. Travis Graham and his church, they do an amazing job of finding, they have a, a kids program that seeks out the underprivileged children and many of the children that come to the church once a week, actually twice, because they try to get them on Wednesday and on Sunday, many of those kids, the only meal they will have will be what's at that church that day. That's fantastic outreach. But we need more. It's got to be more than just that. We've got to be in the communities. And this is why, you know, when I talk to this channel, this audience, this Bards Nation, this is what we need to be doing. We need, don't need to be looking. We need to learn from what's not happening, and we need to lead by what's right. 
And what's right right now is we need to be in our communities talking to people and absolutely helping people understand the importance of what's, what's coming. If you have skills in growing potatoes, help someone else grow potatoes. If you don't know how to grow tomatoes well, find somebody that does so you can pick up that skill. Everything should be skill-based right now. Get your ham radio license. Important. It's a skill. It's an important communication skill. Read. Build a small library on gardening. Get focused on the type of gardening that's going to be good for you. Is it going to be a small backyard garden? Are you going to use raised beds? Are you going to use double-dug beds? Are you going to use row planting, high-density planting? Are you going to do bag planting? Are you going to do pot planting? Are you going to do indoor hydroponics? That's just a few. Are you going to work on an acre of land? Are you going to raise animals? Are you going to raise pigs or goats? Are you going to raise a lamb? Are you going to raise a cow? Are you going to raise chickens, ducks, or rabbits? Think about your model. Look at the size of land you have. Understand each aspect takes time and takes reading and learning. Are you going to learn how to raise bees? If you literally have milk and honey, and not, I'm not making a... A pun here. I mean, if you literally have milk, raw milk, and you have honey, you can survive anything. It's all your body needs for nutrients is milk and honey and all those things that come from the hive and all that comes from the cow or the goat, whatever you're choosing, or the sheep. Some people like sheep milk. All of this is essential, and these are part of ministry for me. And that's why I really use this model of special forces And it is so important that we understand what is absolutely critical to help boost our communities. Each one of us has to find a place to start. And the way you start, you start in prayer, you listen to God, and then you start start on one area and you start building from there. I've been doing this a long time. Some people have been doing it their whole lives longer than me. Running a farm is not my expertise. Running a small urban homestead, I've gotten better and better at. That's kind of where I've focused in on as I expand my skills now. Like I've told you, once a week at least, going to butchering training. I'm adding pigs this year. I'm adding bees this year. Each layer is adding more skills, learning. There's going to be a learning curve because each one of those that I add takes another year. You know, butchering is going to take a year to be fully trained. Raising pigs will take a couple years to get in the flow, so start now. Raising bees will take a year or two. It'll take a year just to get a, a, a harvest out of the hive. And all of this is more than just because it's food. It's part of getting back to the basics, the ancient paths of us becoming resettled into those principles where we have been convinced and brainwashed to believe that somehow we're beyond that. I, I go through sites regularly and read skill sets about things we're going to need. And what's really crazy to me is it always ends up that the food part ends up at the bottom of all these other other skills. So they'll list like no math, no science, no engineering, no computer tech, no this. And I'm like, okay, not one of those things can I eat. If you don't have food, you don't have energy, you don't have an sustenance ability to move. So food becomes the center point. And food ties in, as we do food, we're tying in with the scriptures because scriptures are built around so many agriculture parables and metaphors. 
And as we get our hands back into the soil and reconnect with God and start rebuilding the soil, we're really taking back the kingdom. It's sowing seeds physically and metaphorically. So there's, this isn't a time to hesitate. This is like full overdrive engine right now, everybody. And every single breath, I, I'm telling you how I am. So if this gets you overwhelmed, sorry, but not sorry, because there's a storm coming, and it's a big one, and it's right before us, and all the indicators are right there. YouTube is one of the greatest libraries and universities you could ever go to. There's nothing you can't find on YouTube. I mean, dang, I was looking today for a how to do a, a well in a small portable drill system, and I found like 10 videos on YouTube. That's not literally, it's not your common thing, right? So you can just about find anything you need on YouTube as a training. It doesn't cost you a thing. And it's a place to sit there and digest information and at least start getting it in your head, which helps you make, navigate, and make decisions. There's so much happening right now, and it is so critical that we're involved in maturing ourselves with skills because we become the wisdom class as we continue to grow. And this world is going to need people that are going to be able to survive and we're going to have to be able to take that experience and we're going to have to share it and we're going to have to work together. And as we get a base of experience, let's say you're, you, let's just say you start raising bees and you're not really good at it. But the fact that you've started raising bees because you're new at it makes you that much better when you meet somebody that does raise bees and has raised bees. You can take in that information 10 times faster. And then it's a leveling that starts to happen because you're learning from somebody with a lot of experience. They're going to guide you through some of the shortcuts. You're going to get better at your raising bees very quickly. But we need to strive to be as great as we can be in every single one of these categories of anything you take on. And to me, everything centers around, obviously, God first in all things. And then applying that right now, which is very critical, into, into raising food. And that can tie in and should tie in the entire family, whether it's an extended family with your parents or with just your children, whether you're a single parent or whether you're married and have kids or don't have kids. That's, all of that's irrelevant. It's about working together. And it becomes a full household thing. That is as God would want it. Because he's given us the wealth and the bounty that we need. There is, there is an unlimited wealth that exists when we start to plant and understand what that means. And when we start to realize the bounty that he gives, it's never ending. And you start to get a piece of fruit, for example, and you open it up and there's a, there's a number of seeds that you save. Every piece of fruit has seeds. And every vegetable has seeds, whether it's in them or whether it comes, it goes to seed afterwards. But the point is there's always a reproduction capability with those. And as we start to get into that cycle of life and we're reclaiming, we are now creating a new wealth. When we get to a point where seeds become as valuable to us as our vehicle, as our jewelry, as our precious metals, as our bank account, we will have regained the proper perspective in the world, in my opinion. Because so much right now is still dependent 
on an old way of thinking where it's the grocery store, it's the convenience store, it's the Walmart, it's the Target, it's the Fred Meyer, it's the Kroger, the one-stop shop, got to spend time. And when you're spending time shopping, I mean, I've known people, I can't do this, but I've known people that literally will spend, like that is part of their unwinding from work and their long day unwind to come back and spend an hour and a half milling through the grocery store, looking at stuff and picking stuff off the shelf and deciding whether they want to buy it or not. I mean, like, just like, my gosh, just stop. So a simple challenge if you're one of those or not one of those, but you have to deal with the grocery store, just make a tight list. And everything, when you may, every time you make a list to go to the grocery store, ask yourself, what is it in that list that you could be growing in your backyard? What is it in that list that you could be buying from a local producer rather than buying at the grocery store? Budgets are one thing. I get that because there are limitations on budgets for everybody. But if you start looking at the world that way, you're going to drive yourself into gardening one way or another. You're going to start looking at the possibility of raising your own protein like some form of meat or you're going to find a way to source it other than the grocery store, hunting, local producer, fishing, whatever that is. And you should be doing that as well. So if you aren't doing any of these things and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm so overwhelmed, I don't know what to do, then just sit back, take a breath, and choose one thing. And dig deep and go deep and get good at it, and then it will start to lead you to others. But the problem we have in this culture many times in our world is we're so detached from everything that all of a sudden when the tsunami hits us and we're like, I've got so many things going, I've got 15,000 things to do, I don't know what to do, so I'm not going to do any of them. That collapse, that implosion is the most dangerous possible thing you can do. And it's definitely not in tune with what God would want you to do. And I'll say that not just as an opinion, but I can almost guarantee you if Christ was sitting here, he'd be like, yep. We have a stewardship responsibility. And we have had that responsibility from the very, very beginning. We've just been misled. Convenience destroys culture. Convenience is the death of humanity. Because it's cool. I mean, it's it's super awesome to be able to go, okay, wow, man, like I'd like to sit and watch some just funny videos tonight or do this or do that. And it's like, we are the ones that are literally going to reshape this world. We are at the end of one system. The system that we have all known is in the process of collapsing. It's crazy world. And as it collapses, we as a nation are sitting in the valley of decision. So the real question is, which way are we going to go? We have a choice, and each of us has this choice. We've had this choice increasingly. Many people miss the fact that they had a choice between living free or accepting a shot. They missed that point. So they took the shot because freedom to them meant the government shall protect me for a pandemic that doesn't exist. And I fully expect we're going to pull some other stunt. We're going to see... UFO aliens coming in here probably. That's that's has to be on their docket somewhere because who would want to miss that opportunity to get a bunch of fools running over to the alien ships and bowing down and being swept away to Mars or whatever, which will actually be like the ovens that run the engine of the jet. I mean, this is the foolishness that we're at. So we're going to have to 
keep our nose buried deep into sowing seeds. And that's literally operation sowing seeds, physically sowing seeds, sowing spiritual seeds, both within us and within our, our neighborhoods. And when we are building those bridges, we're building strength, we're building endurance, we're building adaptability, resilience, all these fantastic concepts within the community so that the community doesn't get shocked. There's going to be some shocks anyway. But the more that we can encourage people to get back to taking care of themselves in their home rather than becoming dependent slaves to a system, the more I think you will find, and I think we will all find, that God is, a, is much more received in their hearts. Because when we are living away from God, you're living away from the land, you're living away from the process and the circle of life, it's very easy just to see like, okay, God to me is a church, or and I don't like church, so I'm not going to go to church, so I'm going to just kind of figure out that I'll be part of the great Gaia or something like this. And I think that's a lot of the fail point of our institutions of, of faith, of the churches, because they haven't created enough tangible thing. We have kids programs to attract kids in to have fun. Church is always about wanting to be fun. And when I look at like the days of Noah, I don't see fun. I see commitment. I see accountability. I see hard work. I see unbelievable value that comes from listening to God and building an ark but it's hard work. And that ethic has slipped aside so far and it isn't being taught and we can do it. We can take that into our communities and do it in small ways. Begins with conversations with our neighbors, breaking bread. I mean, in all seriousness, if you have an opportunity and I would challenge every person to do this, if you have an opportunity to do something related to food with one of your neighbors, start making it a weekly habit. You can make bread to take to somebody, make cookies to make take to somebody. Don't buy stuff. Make it. It's good practice anyway. Keep your skills up. If you go hunting, we have, there's a we have some neighbors and they're unbelievable. They're they're actually vegetarian, which is their choice. That's cool. But they're avid fishermen. In fact, he is an unbelievable fisherman, great fisherman. And he loves to fish, and he loves to catch fish, but they don't eat fish. So they find, and we are fortunate to be part of that circle. They come over and share when he has a big catch, and he's catching big salmon and big steelhead. Sometimes he goes crabbing. I mean, whatever he does, it doesn't matter. They enjoy the process of the catch. He loves it. He spends hours fishing when he can. And then he cuts, cleans, and then he, they bring over the fish to people. And they're like, this is for you just because we like fishing and we want to share it with you. That, to me, is so awesome in that whole principle. So as we get to that place of the sharing community and getting together and starting to the way God would want us to do, sharing with one another. So sow seeds. So important, sow seeds. We need to really be reaching the communities as much as possible. So many people are awakening right now. It's a beautiful thing. 
But when people awaken in a society that's driven towards trying to capture them back into the matrix, they can be easily pulled back into the trap. But if we're working in our process of raising up our gardens and sowing our spiritual gardens, and those two go hand in hand, we are going to be a force to contend with when it comes to Satan's tricks because we, as we carry that light of Christ within us, it is literally keeping them away from the pit and drawing them back to the path of Jesus. And I bet you, if you just go through the action of breaking bread and, and using some of those God bless you bombs that I like to talk about, the God bless you IEDs, just where you just like go up and tell somebody, here you go, and God bless you, you're going to start watching massive change. People are more, I, I've noticed this in the last year, that when you're telling somebody, have a blessed day or God bless you, one of those two, or however you want to do it, that's typically what I do. But when you're doing that, I will tell you, I, I have seen a, in the last 18 months, a place where people didn't know what to say many times because they'd be like, because uh, 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 they never have anybody say that. And they, many don't have a relationship with God to a place now where it is warmly received. And they may not know how to reciprocate the same, but I will tell you what, they truly appreciate it because the world has gone that crazy and those are words of comfort and peace. And that's where we're sowing seeds. Patriots, let's pray. Father, we come to you tonight, open hearts, praying for our nation, praying for mercy on this nation, praying for repentance for this nation. Father, we have really drifted far, and we've drifted far from the principles of even who we are as people. We've gone from being tied to the land and committed to a process of life to where now we literally live outside of the concepts of life. We've, we have people dreaming of becoming part computer or trying to switch their genders or more worried about going to the moon than trying to fix this beautiful earth that we have. More worried about supporting another war than anchoring down and growing a garden in their backyard. The problem we have, always have, Lord, is we don't really know the real numbers And I say a problem because it's easy for us to at times feel that we're outnumbered when in fact this is just more of Satan's tricks to try to give the, the perception and deception that there are more of them than there are of us. For any time that's happened, please forgive us in our hearts because what we do know and what we too often forget is that with you all things are possible, but more importantly our trust in you assures us that there can be no fear and no worry, that we only need where two or three are gathered to change the world. So, Lord, we just ask for the inspiration of Gideon to inspire everyone that 300 can take on legions, that 300 can shape an entire world. And all we need is the trust in you to do just that, to listen to you, to trust in you, and to execute as you'd lead us to execute. 
That's through that intimate relationship with Jesus and to you, Father. So in this time that we are with so much chaos and confusion in the world, so much predatorial activity towards our children as a world, as a whole, we pray for evil to be scattered and we pray for the hearts of the many to be strengthened as we stand boldly and walk united in our love through Jesus and to you, Father, fearless in our walk, moving forward, sowing seeds, taking responsibility to ensure our homes are as self-reliant as possible as we expand that confidence and that strength into the world. Guide us, protect us, lead us. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. It is so important that we truly lead in our communities in many different ways. And leading doesn't mean you have to take up the pulpit or the soapbox of politics or even at the church. What leading is is by action. And that means locally, like in your neighborhood, letting people know that you're a rock, that you're that person they can count on. There's a fantastic program. Somebody was doing some really good garden work, and I, I've come across these two people recently. I, I, if I can get them on the show, I will. One person is organizing neighborhoods so that each person is growing a different crop so that there's enough food for the entire community when everybody focuses on one crop. That's one way of doing a county-by-county, county, very interesting model. Another person is didn't have enough land to grow stuff, so they started going neighbor a neighbor that had some land and they asked if they could start a garden in their backyard and they just wanted to get gardens growing and they're basically they're growing gardens for other people and then they're taking a bit of the bounty for themselves so it's a shared experience and they have all these gardens growing on in the neighborhood it's really awesome these are great aspects and everything revolves again around food have no food you starve control the food control the people in god's way let the food grow and everybody discovers what the true bounty and the endless supply of wealth is because wealth takes on a different form. That's security when you have food. Patriots, have a very blessed night. I will see you tomorrow afternoon for Bended Knee, 1 p.m. Pacific. Until then or until the next time. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. Keep your prayers up and listen closely to what God's guiding you to do. This is a very important time to keep moving. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will win. But we are here in this time, fearlessly in this place, for just such a time as this. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. I'll see you tomorrow afternoon. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through, fight for all we had to lose. Reaching out for something to pull us up to the level ground. Oh, I can see it now. See it now We're on the edge of
sunsets down over the hill where the lost got found. Reaching through somehow, oh, you're an island when the world is too loud. When the seasons change, I know the space between us will stay the same. Resting on this faith, when your soul answers calls far away. Something to find.